Brilliant. Now, when all the people were baptized, when Jesus had also been baptized and was praying, the heavens was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form with like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, and I am well pleased with you. Thank you, Freddie. So we're continuing our series on through Luke. We've just had John the Baptist of repentance, and now we're here like, Jesus' baptism, woohoo! And wonderful Nick Taylor is going to come and um, speak with us about. So Nick, can we just blast you with prayer? Great. If you want to prophetically launch out an arm like a power blasting him as well, I'm sure he'd love that. So Father, we thank you for Nick. We thank you for all that he carries. Thank you that um, you speak truth through him and through his heart. And Lord, we um, thank you for all that you've spoken to him. And may the words that come out of his mouth be from you and bless us this morning with revelation and truth. Bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, oh, it's like being at school, isn't it? Good morning, Mr. Taylor. Um, I'm Nick. I'm head of community outreach, and it's a privilege to talk to you today. Uh, thank you, Freddie, for that. We're following along, um, uh, reading through Luke. Uh, I'm very grateful that I'm not here next week because I think there's about 70 verses of Jesus' lineage. Um, and actually, we've got this week, which is <laughs> two verses of his baptism. So uh, thank the Lord that all age service wasn't next week instead of this week. Very, very grateful. That being said, there's still so much to unpack from even just those two verses. And um, I thought, oh, we could do a very in-depth kind of Bible study for all of you scholars out there. Um, but then I thought, well, that's not really me. So we'll keep it light and, light and floaty. But for anyone who does want to know a little bit of, you know, a 30-second deep Bible study, there is, there is so much in these two verses. There's um, it talks about Jesus being an example to all of the other Jews and Gentiles um, of how he was the first kind of um, Jew to ever be baptized. And he said, look, this is for all of you to be baptized. It's not just for the Gentiles. This is what I want all of you to do. It's, a, it's part of the scriptures where uh, Jesus, the Son, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit are all present and active at the same time. That only happens a few times in the scripture, so it's a special moment. And it's, there's, um, it harks back to... Um, some verses from Isaiah and from Psalms where it talks about the words that you heard from, from God um, pointing Jesus to his identity and to his destiny. So there you go. There's your 30-second Bible study on it. Um, but now we're going to have a bit of fun. Is that all right? Say, yes, Nick. Great. Thanks, Charlie. <laughs> I want us to think about two key things from this passage. Uh, like I said, there's loads more we could, but I, I think what's really important is for us to understand how Jesus' baptism equipped him for his life and his ministry and how it identified him. So they're the two things I want us to look at. You, maybe you've got space on your little sheet of paper to write those things down. So there we go, I've given you the answers. How was he equipped by the Holy Spirit and how was he identified to be able to go and do his work, his ministry? So, um, first question... What do Jesus' baptism and some hair straighteners have in common? These aren't mine, just to clarify. Um, I don't own hair straighteners. Um, well, I'm not, it's a rhetorical question, I'm going to tell you. They are both equipped to do their job really well. Did you know that, um, that uh, I did a bit of research this week? It was a bit weird. Someone looked over my shoulder and was like, why are you looking up hair straighteners, Nick? A bit weird. 
Anyway, did a bit of research, and turns out they're coated with Teflon. Now, Teflon is a, is a material that it's very smooth. Things just kind of like don't stick to it. They fall off. Um, and so without this, without the Teflon coating, um, they would be useless at their job. They wouldn't be equipped to do the right thing. Um, now, I did ask Holly to come up and be my, um, my model for this, and she reluctantly agreed. Um, no, thank well, you very let's, much. Well, let's preface that. Why did I reluctantly agree? Because... Because you wanted me to... Because no. I, I wanted to do it. I said, can I straighten your hair? And she said, how about no? And, I, and then I said, <laughs> have we done it before? And I haven't done it before. <laughs> anyway, I just thought I'd show you. So, Holly, why don't you go ahead and, and straighten your hair? And um, now, if it didn't have the Teflon plates on it, then Holly's hair would now be a burning, singeing mess. It would have been pulled out of her hair. It would be burnt. There'd be smoke alarms going off. It would be an absolute disaster. But because these hair straighteners are equipped with Teflon, the right uh, uh, material to do the job, it's doing a fantastic job. Look how beautiful Holly's hair is, everyone. Brilliant. Thank you. Can you turn them off, please? Yep. Thank you. Definitely off? Yep. I feel like it's the kind of thing you need to check two or three times just it to is. make sure. Definitely. Great. Okay. I trust you. Oh, I see. Okay. When Jesus was baptized, he was equipped not with Teflon, but with the Holy Spirit. It was the right thing for him to be equipped with to be able to go and do his ministry. The very next thing that happened that we read about, uh, we'll read about in a couple of weeks' time, is that he, was, he went into the desert and he was tempted by Satan. And because he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he was equipped for that moment. He was also equipped for the rest of his ministry. He hadn't done any miracles before the baptism, um, but yet when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he was ready to go. Um, I heard it said that Jesus is life and ministry was not difficult. It was impossible. And it's the same for us. Life, I think, is impossible. But if we have the Holy Spirit in us, we are able by the grace of God. And so Jesus' baptism tells us that he was filled with the Holy Spirit and that's what we should be too. When we get baptised, when we get baptised in water or by the Holy Spirit, we are filled up and equipped. I'm ready to go. Now, um, because it's a family service, I thought we'd do a few different um, experiments or just some things to show you what being correctly equipped and being incorrectly equipped looks like. So I need some volunteers for this. So you don't even know what you're volunteering for. I love that. But I could say to go and clean the toilets, but you'd be up for that still, right? Yeah, okay. I need two volunteers. I need people who think they're really, really good at throwing. You've got to have a good arm. A good arm, you've got to throw. Yeah, come on then, you two. Alfred and Ali, well done. Yeah. Round of applause for them. So, um, what I'm going to ask you to do, Ali, is, um, here is, this is a, a dodgeball. Um, I, what I need you to do is, to, in a minute, when I say so, just throw it as far back in church as you can. This will, we'll see if anyone's actually paying attention or not, because if like, someone's like... Oh. <laughs> So try and aim for Charlie at the back there, you know, right there. Do you think you can be able to reach him? Okay, probably not. No, come on, we're believing you. So it's who can throw the furthest competition. Here we have contestant one, Ali Cobell. Go on, off you go. Launch it. Yes, look at that. Oh, look at that. Okay, keep it there, keep it there, keep it there, keep it there. All right, you stand up so we know how far it went. Okay, well done. Right, Alfred, your job. Same thing. 
No, you can't. <laughs> Just want you to throw it as far as you can. Look, he's really muscly, big, strong lad. I reckon you're going to smash this. Off you go. Try and beat Ali. Off you go. Ah, oh. <laughs> well done. To be fair, you got further than the guy at the nine. It literally fell down there. So, um, well done. Okay, go and sit down. Well done. Big round of applause for these guys. Clearly, you see, Alfred wasn't equipped to win a long throw competition, and so he wasn't able to win. Well done, Ali, for absolutely launching it. That was brilliant. Glad Andrew White isn't here. He'd be like, have you done a risk assessment for this, isn't it? The answer, the answer is no, never. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, that's not always true. I need two more volunteers, and this time I need people who, are, who enjoy eating things. Go on then, Isabel and Freddie, up you come. Now, you guys have seen that game where you get a bit of string and there's like a donut attached to it and you have to eat it. Yeah, you getting excited about that? Good, well here are my dry bagels um, that I found. Well, I was, to be fair, I went to the shops this morning looking for ringed donuts and couldn't find any, so I was like, well, Lord, you're giving me bagels. Um, Andy, you going to help me with this one? So your job, guys, is to eat the bagel as quick as you can, okay? Now, you're going to have to... You go down, I'll have to go up. <laughs> Didn't think this one through. Um, the thing is, Freddie, you're not allowed to use your hands. Isabel, you can use your hands. Three, two, one, go. Actually, did a really good job. Oh, you smashed it! Oh, well done. Ready? I mean, to be fair, Freddie. Oh, it's a bit your slobber on that. Fre Freddie actually did a really good job. Well done. But Isabel, so much easier because you were well equipped. You had your hands that you could use. It was much easier, right? You need a glass of water now, don't you? <laughs> well done. So again, we see that if you're well equipped, you can do the job really well. She's still chewing. She'll be chewing. <laughs> um, someone get this girl a glass of water. There we go. Host team, well done. Thank you. Um, okay, I need two more volunteers. And this time, I need people. Yeah, Hadassah and Alex, go on, up you come. You need to be able to draw a line on a piece of paper. Can you do that? Okay. So, Alex, what I'd like you to do, take this pen, and on this piece of paper here, I'd like you to draw a line that's 10 centimetres long, please. He's going to absolutely smash this, isn't he? We had two other experiments that went really well, right? Just remember those ones. Hadassah, I'd like you to draw a line that's 10 centimetres long, but you get a ruler. Look at that. Right, well done. Let's measure those lines. See who did it. Look at that. It's exactly 10 centimetres. Hadassah, how did she do that? Alex. 
12 and a half centimeters. You did a, you did a brilliant job. That's amazing. Well done. Good job. Oh. <laughs> Very close. I hope you get the point of that, <laughs> despite Alex being brilliant. They, uh, Alex didn't have the right equipment to be able to get the line exactly right, although he did a great job. Hadassah had the ruler. She had the right equipment, and she was able to absolutely smash it. So the Holy Spirit equips us. Jesus was equipped. He went out into the desert. He spent the rest of his life doing ministry, ending up giving up his life on a cross for us because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do? He, he protects us. Think about the armor of God, breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith. The Holy Spirit comforts us. Think about the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. Spirit is called our comforter. The Holy Spirit enables us. Think of the gifts of the Spirit. Think of all the gifts and skills and talents that are enabled through the Holy Spirit in us. Acts 1 says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So the Holy Spirit empowers us. And the Holy Spirit cleanses us. 1 Corinthians 6. That is what some of you were, but you were washed you are sanctified, you are cleansed in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So that's what happened to Jesus when he got baptised in that passage, is that the Holy Spirit came on him like a dove and he was, he was empowered and equipped to go out and get on with his ministry. The other thing that I think is important to talk about from this passage is that Jesus, was, his identity was affirmed. Who was he? said in the passage, the voice from heaven that said, this is my son of whom I am well proud. What had Jesus done at that time, at that time to warrant being called for God to be proud of him? Nothing. He hadn't done any miracles. He hadn't raised anyone from the dead. He hadn't even staved off the temptation from Satan. He was just, he was just who he was. And God affirmed that in him. So he knew who he was and whose he was. And he was able to go into the desert, defeat Satan, and then spend the rest of his life serving everyone else. The problem is, is that we put our identities in so many other things. And I'm going to ask for some examples. What other things do we put our identity and our hope in? And I'll give you a starter for ten. This morning, at the nine, we, I asked for a few of these. And um, someone said, what about... Our appearance, thank you, Holly. We sometimes put our hope and our identity in our appearance, what we look like. What else might we put our hope and our identity in? Yeah, work, job, performance. I'm going to write work, but it means all those things. Yeah, brilliant. How often do we, when we meet someone for the first time, we say, hey, hi, what's your name? What do you do? One more thing. Anything else that we, that we put our hope and our identity in? Yeah, what church we go to. Yeah, so... I'll put church type. Brilliant. Andy, I'm going to need your help for this one, dude. Now, Peter, I'm going to ask you just to move back a little bit, if that's all right. Thank you. 
standing there, brother. Andy, you do a great job at work. Isn't he a brilliant youth leader? No, don't give him, don't build him up. His identity is not in his job. What have we just learned? I'm joking. He deserves that. So it's a bit like this. When we put, when we fill ourselves up with our identity being in our job, it's a bit like this. It's totally fine when life is going well and he's just plodding along. Oh, sorry. He's plodding along in life and everything's well. Oh, we got a pay rise. Good job. Oh, we got a, you know, someone said, well done at the end of the service. Great job. You know, Whatever, all this, all this good stuff going on, yeah? yeah. But what happens when work goes a bit... Well, let's see what happens. Oh, no. Oh, no. Suddenly your cup is not as full as you thought it was. Suddenly your identity is being questioned. All of a sudden... Is this any water left? Oh, it's now kind of half full. Okay. And imagine, perhaps, you might end up losing your job. Oh, oh mate, what happened? It was so rocky, it just... Oh, mate, you okay? <laughs> oh, man. Um, what about Andy is someone who... Um, he, takes a lot of, he takes a lot of care over his appearance. We all know that. What a beautiful boy he is. You know, he puts product in his hair. He has regular haircuts. Have you started shaving yet, buddy? Yeah? He shaves and everything. He takes a lot of care in his appearance. It's really, but what about, what if something happens? What if, you know, he falls over and cuts his face or perhaps he yeah, cuts himself shaving or, you know, perhaps he gets a black eye or perhaps he, you know, someone punches him at football or whatever, I don't know. Starts to get a bit rocky, there's not left. Oh, no, and then perhaps something, something really bad happens and, oh, no, oh. It's, and there's nothing left and the cup's empty again and suddenly everywhere where he's put his hope and his identity, it's just... It's just empty. And it's... Don't you wish you didn't put your hope and your identity in your appearance? Wish. You wish. <laughs> what about your church type? Oh, man. You know, we do a lot of wonderful things here at Chanctonbury, and it's a beautiful church to be a part of. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, but sometimes, sometimes, you know, sometimes um, things that happen at church might just be a little bit rocky if you're, you know, you might not agree with everything or you might um, hear other people talking about church and you might get a bit jealous of their church or you might go along to a, a parachurch organization and see other people that are doing things really well and think, why aren't we doing that? So everything starts to get a bit rocky again, doesn't it? And all the hope and your identity and the faith that you put in the type of church that you go to, suddenly... <laughs> it, all goes, it all goes a bit crazy, doesn't it? It does. It does all go crazy. Don't you wish, Andy, that you, you need to stop putting your hope in your church type, buddy. Okay? Come on. So where should you put your hope? In God. In God. Jesus heard that he was a son of God. Okay, so there we go. Andy? If only right from the beginning he had put his hope in, and his identity in being a child of God. Because once we know that and once we know it deep inside of us, then it's sealed. And there's nothing we can do to take that off. Because when things get a bit rocky 
and when his identity gets a bit challenged, and when life isn't as good as he thinks it is, oh, nothing's spilled out. Everything's still in there. Don't you wish you'd done that from the beginning, mate? I do. Well, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, I really do. Big round of applause for Andy. <laughs> I should just say, he knew that was going to happen. That wasn't like a surprise. <laughs> Not three times, yeah. That was a surprise. <laughs> it's so easy, isn't it, to put our hope and our faith and our trust in things that aren't of God. Um, I remember um, being 17 and being at uh, an event, I think it was called like the Event Without Walls, at a showground somewhere in the east of England, I think. And I remember sitting at the back of the service um, and actually we sang that song, um, I Could Sing of Your Love Forever by Delirious. And I remember that sitting down at the back away from everyone else thinking, I can't sing that song. I can't justifiably sit or stand and say, I could sing of your love forever because I can't. Because I just don't know your love, God. I don't know it here. And I remember, and I'm not a crier, but I, I think I... I think I cried because I saw everyone else being able to sing, yes, I can sing of your love forever, God. And I knew that I couldn't. And it has been a, a journey, a journey that I'm still on. But now I can stand here and I can say, yes, Lord, I can sing of your love forever because I'm learning to put my identity in him and not in the things that don't matter around me. Not in my identity, my job, my church, how much money is in my bank, how many friends I have. And Jesus knew that for him to do his ministry, he had to have his identity sorted. Because he knew he was, he was a king, but he knew that his throne was going to be a cross. And that is not a path that you tread lightly. And it's certainly not one that you don't tread if you are not equipped with the Holy Spirit and confident in who you are and whose you are. So baptism equips us with the Holy Spirit to do life. And we have to daily affirm ourselves of our identity as a child of God. Jesus is our example. If it's good enough for him, then it's good enough for me. So whether you're getting baptised in the water, whether it's a, a baptism of the Holy Spirit, I encourage you, daily. Why not daily? Say, God, I need your Holy Spirit in my life. Fill me up. I know you never leave, but I just want more and more of you. Every day. Because God uses us, and as we sang about just earlier, there's that line, you've set your hope in me. You know, life as a Christian is a partnership. Even kids and young people, you don't have to wait until you're grown up and got a job and left school. God's looking for people to use. He's scouring the earth and saying, who shall I send? And I want to be one of those people that says, yes, here I am, send me. Because God uses us, it's a partnership. So let's be vessels filled with him and let's put our identity in him, not the world. Let's pray. And I'm going to hand back to Holly. Jesus, I thank you for the example of your baptism. I thank you that you went first and said, this is how to do it, guys. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and know who and whose you are. God, would you help all of us daily to remember that, 
to daily be filled with your Holy Spirit, to equip us for this difficult, impossible life that is made possible through your Holy Spirit. And God, would you remind us daily, hourly, that we are sons and daughters and you love us and you are proud of us even before we've done anything. Pray you help all of us remember that.